You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you just want to ask your mom. Welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Renee Sproles. And I'm Bonnie Blaylock. Well, this is part six in our series on home and homemaking. And today we're going to talk about losing your home. Right. In our last episode, if you were listening, we noted that all homes, even a Christian home, are actually temporary. We don't store up our treasures here. We store up our treasures in heaven. And we know in our heads that we can't take our homes with us. So why is it that we feel the loss of a home so dramatically? Yeah, that was a great question. And I was like, I think we should do an episode on that, Bonnie. Well, we've been talking about Eden lately, and I wondered if it goes back to that very first time when we lost that home. We lost that home, yeah. Because whether it's your childhood home that your parents are selling, which my husband's parents did, Mm -hmm. and that was really, he hadn't lived in it in years. It was really hard on him. Right. Or... Uh, the first home that you and your husband purchased, or whether it's by house fire or flood or natural disaster or even foreclosure. Losing a home is not only hard, it can be one of life's unexpected tragic events. Yeah. Like I said, I think it resonates with something deep inside of us and our, well, our homes are filled with all our special memories that that bowl from grandma, (laughs) which I have one of those. (laughs) Me too. The photo of your first date, the blanket that your aunt knit, the stuffed animal from when you were a baby. Some of those things you cannot replace. Insurance policy or no? Yeah. So today we are so happy to have Tiffany Wax Mangus with us to talk about her experience of losing a home. So welcome, Tiffany. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so glad to have you so here. So glad to have you here. And Tiffany is a very busy mom of four boys. And so we're so glad to snag her right before summer break. <laughs> this um, may just be an hour of peace for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so Tiffany and her husband, Brandon, lost their home back in 2015. Yes. And, and so will you just tell us a little bit about you, your family, and then we're going to jump into that, that story. I have been married since I guess 2005 and, um, been Louisville and Nashville. And we moved to Murfreesboro, um, back in 2013 and rented a house for a couple of years. And, um, we found some land and started, um, making our plans. And so that's, we, um, really just worked with an architect that first year while we were renting and then um, started making our house plans. And then that second year we started building the house and a beautiful home on a hill, one of the only hills in Murfreesboro. <laughs> I know, we are flat <laughs> and stony. It is so flat and rocky here. That's right. And so, yeah. Okay. And your husband is a doctor here in town. Yes. And you have four boys yes. ages 14, 12, 10 and five. Wow. I can't believe your oldest is 14. He's about to go into high school. Oh, scary. A whole new phase. It's a whole new Mom, let this be a lesson to you. Just eight or 10 years changes everything. Mm -hmm. Things really look different. Okay. Well, before we jump into your story, um, let's let's just do a little theological touch point. I only like to do that here a lot um, to lay the groundwork. So Marshall Siegel. Uh, desiring God wrote that the God who made the world and everything in it, as Paul preached at Mars, Mars Hill, made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, 
having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. Mm. Right. And then there's this, that God not only knit you together in your mother's womb, he also determined all the places you would call home, the periods and boundaries of your dwelling place. You don't, you don't have a home by accident. Our homes are an invitation from God to seek him and a commission from God to help others seek him, which mm. we've talked about in some of our past sort of parts yeah. of the series. So it's just that moms, as you're listening today, just think about that, that God has determined your boundaries and your dwelling place where you are right now. And I know that I personally have been happier than others in certain, in certain dwelling places oh, yes, <laughs> and felt discontent, not a holy discontent, mm-hmm. kind of a, <laughs> a very fleshy, worldly discontent. And so um, just that's worth pondering. So with that in mind, can you tell us what happened on the morning of what day was it? It was November 30th, uh, 2015. It was the Monday after Thanksgiving, and we had just hosted Thanksgiving for the first time in our new home, and we had moved in in June, and so... Oh, you hadn't been there very long. Had not been there very long. We're just filling it with the furniture and, you know, getting all settled in, and... Years past, my mom has hosted and my aunts have hosted Thanksgiving. So this was kind of a little bit of a passing of the baton a little bit um, to the younger generation. And so um, we had had 30 plus people in our home and my brother and his family with four kids, they had stayed with us that weekend and just had a lot of great, you know, family memories and Thanksgiving, a lot of, a lot of food. So yeah, (laughs) um, (laughs) the food over the weekend, we'd kind of smelled an odor and, kind of investigated and trying to figure out what was going on and I think it was about Saturday or you know we kind of noticed there's like a funky smell you know and had never crossed our mind that it was gas but we had checked a bunch of other things and had thought maybe something had gotten into our HVAC it kind of the smell kind of came and came and went and so had you know looked into things but thought this is a little odd and you know but then it would go away and so didn't Mm. really think much of it and but um had lit some candles over the weekend and then, um, Ooh. yeah, a little, little terrifying now knowing <laughs> what that, what that was, but, um, it happened at the time it was supposed to happen because the Lord protected us all. But basically our, uh, we were getting the boys ready for school. My husband was getting ready for work and, um, I heard a loud noise from downstairs and it was a noise I didn't really recognize. So I, I ran downstairs and, a with four boys, that would have to be a startling noise. Yeah. Because I'm imagining you're getting lots of noises. <laughs> Crash booms. Yes. A busy oh, house yes. full of boys. Balls and being thrown <laughs> sure. and balls being kicked and, you know, yeah. all of that. But um, so I ran downstairs and I saw my husband in the living room and he said, am I okay? And I said, yes, you're okay. And right after that, I saw a huge flame go up behind him and he felt it behind him. And he just said, get the kids out of the house. I, unbeknownst to me an explosion had gone off on his face and it had singed his eyebrows, eyelashes, <laughs> oh. top of his hair. And um, he said, get the kids out of the house. And so I just yelled out of the house. They came down the front stairs, out the front door, like it was a drill. It, But you'd never practiced. Oh no. Like, no. Yeah. Of course. Wow. And oh. so I was still in my rope <laughs> and had my phone in my pocket, thankfully. And, um, called 911 right away, got them out of the house. Um, 
my husband asked me, where's the fire extinguisher? Ran and got him the fire extinguisher, gave that to him. That point, you're kind of in shock. And obviously, knowing now what it was, there was no way we would have ever been able to put mm-hmm. out a fire with a fire extinguisher mm-hmm. that was from a gas leak. But you don't know what you don't mm-hmm. know because you don't know what's happening sure. usually w- while it's happening. And so, um, you know, the lady on 911 just said, I need you to get your husband out of the house. And then so I came back in, got him out. And within about 10 minutes, we knew we were going to lose the whole house. There was already just smoke pouring out of the gutters of the, you know, the oh, second wow. floor. And I mean, we just. And, and, and what had the boy, the boys didn't grab anything? Like you yelled oh, no. out of the house. They didn't no. grab anything. No, whatever they were wearing, they were wearing. And what I was wearing, I was wearing. And we just got out. And um, my husband, he said, take the boys to the, the neighbor's house. And so we took them over there. I just quickly told her, you know, yeah, we, have, situation. we have a problem. And uh, so mm. they took them downstairs in their basement. And they had older boys at the time. They were teenagers. And they just distracted them and played with them and fed them breakfast and um, I kind of stood with her for a little while my neighbor and um, she's like are you sure you want to watch this because it was just very violent very quickly and um, I said well you know I'm just waiting for them to put it out and you know I just was in total shock yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. Um, but it for the next uh, really for the next four hours we just was watching the house (gasps) burn down so four hours and you you had not a picture. Not I'm about to cry. Like not a, not a, like not even anything. Well, so when the fire, so we're out in the county, and the you know they have to call people from their mm-hmm. jobs, and then they go to the fire department, and then they head to your house. It's so a volunteer it, fire yes, department, and so it took quite a bit longer than I would have anticipated that happening. Mm-hmm. But you know them getting there, but they were gracious enough to. That when the the police got there within I think five minutes and they they got our cars out of the garage oh, okay. they um, went and grabbed like my purse from the back they they went and got some things and then I remember when the fire department was there they said is there anything you want us to go and grab and at that point I was like I don't want you to go in and risk your yeah. life for anything yeah. like it it was just so big I'm like nothing no 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 <laughs> yeah no yeah. but they did get a big filing cabinet that had a bunch of our all those things that are hard to replace, yeah. like, you know, birth certificates Deeds and all of and those important, you know, documents. important documents. And so they went and just carried the whole thing out. And they they did get a couple of things that wouldn't wouldn't necessarily be sentimental, but they got our dining room table out. Like they opened our big front doors and just Started carried it out and, out. you know, oh, did a couple of things wow. like that. But um, I didn't go and try to grab anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's smart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your boys smart. want you Not yeah. in the end. They want you that's there. Right. <laughs> that's right. your stuff. Right. I'm just thinking about the show This Is Us. Did you happen to watch that shoot? I did. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's such an emotional show. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I know, but for you in particular. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Yeah. So the initial thing, did your husband turn on a stove or something? What was the initial explosion? He went to go light a candle, and he had the lighter down by his side, and he just mm-hmm. kind of clicked it. He wasn't even lighting it at that moment. He, you know, when you, I don't yeah. know if you've ever just taken a, a lighter and just kind of clicked oh, it. I love those things. I, <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're just fun to click. They're fun and to click. so yeah. he was kind of walking, I think he was walking into the kitchen and just kind of clicked it down by his side, and it, it, the gas settles on the floor. Okay. Propane does, and so it just ignited oh. right when he did that, and all of that to me is like God's protection because 
of all the times it could have happened over the weekend or it could have been just me in the house or just, you know, I don't know, just all of the the 30 people that you had hosted there and all the children and things. Oh my God. And all those candles you lit. I know. It didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think we, on Saturday night we had the doors open. Um, We're kind of eating outside and just things that were probably airing Uh, out the mm -hmm. house and that we had no idea. (laughs) God knew, but Mm. Okay, so my head went to, so what's next? Everything's gone, mostly, right? Mostly everything's gone. Um, at that point, um, our one of our neighbors is um, insurance, and so he kind of connected us with people right away. And that day, um, a company came out, and they're a restor- fire restoration company, and they started once everything was safe, they started just kind of getting things out. And what they do, what their job is just to analyze and look through everything. If anything's salvageable, they try to take it out and clean it up and save it. And if not, whatever is not salvageable, they just leave in the house mm-hmm. and then it'll eventually be demolished. But we knew that day because the fire chief had told us that your house is not structurally safe. Like even if you have some walls standing, like you're going to have to start all over and demolish it and so just for i guess they know the amount and i don't i don't know Mm -hmm. how they understand all that but they they do they do they just said it's not so that was actually helpful because in my mind it was just like okay so we're gonna have to start over and i didn't have to work you know think like how is this all gonna work it just people just kind of helped us along the way walk through yeah so five months you get to live there (laughs) okay starting over now (laughs) And you know that feeling when you first uh-huh. get in and how amazing so it is. And this is ours. This is our place that we worked mm-hmm. for. And well, not so much. So what a what a feeling. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking you wow. and your husband. How did you walk the boys through this? That's it's a it's a huge trauma. It's super upsetting. How did you explain it to him? How did you walk? What you what did you talk to him about? It was uh, different for each kid, but I I do remember. As far as like how they processed it mm-hmm. all, um, at the time we just had three boys. So I hadn't had my fourth boy and my youngest was two. And so and my oldest had just turned seven. So it was like seven, four, and two. Mm. Um, our middle son had the most trouble with feeling safe. And so he would, when we got into the rental house, like a few nights, he would be like, there's dad, there's smoke coming out of the, you know, the vents or something. He would think he would see stuff. And I mean, we've, we've all kind of over the years had some like little bit of, um, I don't know if it would be PTSD, but just a little bit. I mean, we've had our fire alarms go off in our house more than once in the middle of the night. <laughs> and the, I think the second time I thought, I I know I saw smoke, but it, I didn't, but yeah. I just, you think you did. Yeah. And so trying to go back to sleep after that, after being all out of the house and trying to figure out, do we call the fire department just to check everything? Like why in the world did our fire alarms just go yeah. off in the middle of the night? <laughs> yeah. I've never had that happen. Me neither. Yeah. No. So oh. what is that about? Yeah. That's happened <laughs> twice. <laughs> That's oh, and do you have like this like mega awesome fire detector system or is it just the ones like we all have? I think they're just smoke detectors, yeah. but then, you know, whenever it, they go off, they say, fire, fire, you know, get, you know, I can't remember what else they say. They say, get out. I don't know. They tell you to do something. Yeah. Oh, and I'm my like, goodness. Oh. Yeah. So that's, that wasn't yeah. fun. But um, I do remember the day of my husband, um, 
he, we were in, in the front of the house in the driveway and he just kind of rallied all of us. And he said, everything's going to be okay. God protect. Sorry. Oh. I knew it was going to get emotional yeah. at that point, but yeah. he said, um, God protected us. Mm-hmm. He's going to take care of us. And, we're we're going to be okay. And oh. all of this is replaceable. And you have what you, and we're going to be okay. We're going to be fine. Yeah. But anyway, mm. I think it, it was beautiful to see because mm. I mean, I was still probably in shock at that moment um, of just what was happening and, and you can't really even process how you're going to get, get all through, get through it. But you just are like, <laughs> it was just sweet. It I was can sweet see him see doing him. that. Uh. You, you don't know her husband, but like he, he's a doctor, but he can also be like this coach kind of guy. I can see him like rallying the troops and being like, we're, we got this. God's got this. We're going to be good. Mm-hmm. And that's wow. so, so beautiful. So beautiful. So your little one probably didn't. Uh, does he even remember? He probably doesn't remember anything now. I mean, he he. Sometimes I think we remember through pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. when you look back, and mm-hmm. so you kind of he may have had a, a small memory of that. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. Um, at the time, he just was he couldn't understand why we weren't going back to the house. Yeah, um, because we went and stayed with my parents for a couple weeks um, while we figured out. We're, you know, rental house, what are we going to do? And, um, he, we did go back into the house. Um, Brandon and I had to go back into the house with the insurance company. Um, but then we took them one time before they were going to demolish the house. And we're like, this is why you can't, we can't go back to the house. This is what your room looks like. Like it's all ash and, you know, just kind of showed them. And, um, so then it kind of helped them understand, oh, this is why we can't. And I remember him saying, my youngest, he said, oh, my daddy's going to fix this. <laughs> we're going to fix oh. that room. We're, go- we're going to get it more back. Ways That's right. More ways That's than you right. think. More ways than you think. Oh, sweet. And, and was there not a special lovey or blanket or, I mean, that, that they didn't. We, we lost a special, um, blanket that I had crocheted for, um, my middle son and, um, my sister-in-law, she knew about it. And so she went and got the same color yarn and pre-made the whole thing for him and had it to him within a few days. Oh, um, you have the best family. Sweet. <laughs> so sweet. You're extended, like all of y'all, this is a great family. Um, four siblings, all grown, married. They're very tight. Yeah. It's beautiful. And then my uh, my oldest son, he had a little tiger that he had slept with since birth. And um, we didn't know where any of that kind of stuff was. And I don't, honestly, I don't know where it was in the house because we were still upstairs getting ready. And I would have thought it would have been upstairs. And everything upstairs was pretty much yeah, falling ash in or mm-hmm. fallen in, had already fallen into the first floor. But when we... So this restoration company, Arcus, that had gotten all of our things and they got um, some of our brain and eyes wardrobe out of our, not everything was salvageable, but they got some things and weird things happen, like colors melt into other things and all kinds of, and there's smoke smell. So they, if it's looks like they can save it, they'll get the smoke smell out of it. And they do all these things to, to your clothes and your books and anything that is, they could save. And, um, when I went to, I think it was somewhere in Nashville, they had sent all, you know, a bunch of clothes and a bunch of things. I don't know if they were in the washer or the dryer. I don't know. But when I got there, his, his little tiger lovey was in there and I just, I fell apart. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, Oh my goodness. I mean, it was just, oh, it was precious. I totally so. would have too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. My kids had blankets too. And oh, I mm-hmm. can, I, that would have been the end. Like, like yeah. you don't live without your lovey. Yeah. You, you have I mean, to have it to sleep yeah. and to, to carry with you everywhere. What a, what a lesson 
Wow. Wow. What a blessing that was. An unexpected mm-hmm. That's un- a unexpected a few weeks later. Just like, oh my goodness, the wow. Lord cares about the details. And- does. So I'm curious, did you use that with your kids? Did you walk through them with that and say, look what God did. Look what he saved for you. I mean, what a, what a experiential, like, you know, there were so many moments like that. I was thinking about my um, youngest son too. Like my oldest son had when, before he was born, we'd gone to babies R us. And I said, we're going to pick out a special gift for brother. And he had picked out a little blanket and we found that blanket Mm. and I, it had, I don't know how it had gotten down into the dining room, but it was soaking wet. And we'd, we just found it. I, and there's just so many wow. things like that. I'm like, yeah, wow. I don't know how God orchestrates things through mm-hmm. a fire, but he did. Yeah, <laughs> he did. Yeah. So He's sovereign. He's sovereign. Wow. This is a good moment for this, this quote that I found. Scott Hubbard wrote about suffering. He said, often in suffering, we have eyes only for what our trials take away from us. Ooh, it's hard to read. <laughs> we watch speechless as the fire swallows up so much we held dear. But underneath the ashes, our trials are producing something. Testing produces steadfastness. If we will trust God and wait patiently, our trials will give us far more than they take away. Mm. Would you say that that's true for you? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we, after the fire, we ended up um, creating a little... We wanted to make some sort of testimony telling, you know, our story about the fire and and how God protected us. And so we ended up using, um, we have a good friend in Nashville who's an artist and he, obviously you don't want to put a picture of your house on fire in the middle of your house. You know, it's it's weird, but like, how do we tell the story? And so he kind of helped us. He said, well, what do you have left? Do you have anything? And so we were like, we have our front doors. Like, what could we, you know, could Mm. we, we have some windows, like, what could we, what could we do? And so we have our, our front door sideways on our wall when you come in their foyer. And um, I'll have to take a picture of it and send it to you. But um, we had a verse on there because the Lord had prepared us through studying that verse. I mean, I have so many things that have just, you know, popped up um, on my Facebook. Like a year t- prior to the day the house was coming down when they were going to demolish it, it was like I had... I had written this verse on Facebook or, you know, just like random things that the Lord was teaching us, like that we had taken pictures of. We were studying in Gospel Project at the time. And it was like a month before the fire. It was like God was already preparing our mind mm-hmm. for all of that. But our verse that we have on the on the door is, Indeed, I count everything as lost because of, of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things. <laughs> And count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. And it, it, the next verses are awesome too. But I learned, I mean, I gained Christ through that, mm-hmm. a closeness. And mm-hmm. I got to share in his sufferings. Mm-hmm. And to me, it just seems so little compared to what he suffered. But I mean, many times I think about how Jesus left his home. Mm-hmm. He left his home in heaven. And he became uncomfortable and he um, became flesh. I mean, for our sake. Mm -hmm. And it seems so minimal compared to what, you know, what he's done for us. But I did get to share in Christ's sufferings a little Mm -hmm. bit and gain, you know, gain a closeness to Christ that I never would have if that hadn't happened. And so I don't regret it. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, 
I don't look back and go, oh my goodness, what was God doing? But I don't know why, but I I do know that I wouldn't take it back because we we experienced the body of Christ like we never would have in that scenario too. Like the the word that I would use to describe it is absolutely overwhelming. Most of the time when somebody says something's overwhelming, you see that in a negative light, but it was so I saw it in a positive it was so overwhelming, the love of God through his people for us. Mm-hmm. During that time, I had friends just, I mean, that night going to get, you know, uniforms embroidered and getting, so they had clothes uh, the next morning for school and to, to, you know, get any kind of normalcy back. I had friends, go, you know, asking my underwear sizes, let me go get your contacts. Let me go get your glasses. Let me go to the eye doctor, get you contacts. Let me go get you. Um, I had literally had no clothes. Yeah. <laughs> I had no clothes. So um, I had friends just setting up meal mm-hmm. calendars, people were bringing over breakfast, they were organized. I mean, it was like an army uh-huh. of the Lord that mm-hmm. was just taking care of us through right. all of that. And I, they they met over and above all of our needs. It was it was sweet how they all took care of us, had people reaching out to us like, let me get your boys Bibles and let me get, you know, all those things that you don't you have. don't think mm. about, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Mm. That's, well, yeah, you said you experienced the love of Christ, you experienced the closeness of Christ. And what are, what is the body but the hands and feet? Mm-hmm. of Christ. And when they show up like that, there I don't think there's much more beautiful. I mean, mm. I've experienced it. I've seen it. And I don't really know how people who don't have that community forge on because yeah. it's just so overwhelming. Mm. <laughs> like you said, that was a good mm-hmm. word. I cried for about two weeks straight. And I, I tell people it's not really because I was, I was sad that we had mm-hmm. lost our house and lost our things, but I cried because I was so overwhelmed mm-hmm. by people just loving on us and taking care of us. It was just, it yeah. was, it was beautiful. It was very humbling. Mm. That's, that's amazing. That is just, I love to hear that. As a kid, my, my family had to evacuate once from a hurricane. And I remember that we stacked some of our furniture up higher because we knew the water was going to come in. And we stayed in this hotel in Orlando, and it was like this big adventure. Um, I'm sure that my parents, I'm sure, must have been stressed about it. And I remember thinking about it as a fun time because I had my three or four most favorite objects, and that's really all I needed because I was probably nine at the time. So we did have some time to process and prepare beforehand rather than this sudden unexpected mm-hmm. thing that you experienced. But my parents carried that worry and the thought of what could happen for us. And I'm wondering, I mean, there's a difference between a sudden thing and something you're preparing for. But I think children, they can tend to hold those things lightly because they don't care about the couch and they don't care about the dishes and they don't mm-hmm. really care about the, you know, mm-hmm. they only know you and your husband and our our family and maybe mm-hmm. these three or four things that I have. Mm-hmm. So did you find that was true? Except for, I mean, you mentioned a little bit of maybe lingering trauma or imagining that they're seeing things or whatever, but as far as the stuff, did that bother them? I don't, I don't know that it did. I mean, I, I remember going through it and going, I still have the Lord. I still have my community. I still have Jesus. I still have joy. Like, even though it was very hard, um, mm-hmm. the things, it, the things don't make you happy. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, obviously it's a loss because you put your heart and soul into it when you're building a house. And I remember saying after we finished building, that was so hard, um, but such a privilege to be able to do it and so fun to pick out. But I could not make any more decision. You know, it's just decision uh, over. Like, I never want to do that again. And then the Lord said, <laughs> you get to do it again. <laughs> so um, it's just the Lord's humor. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, a lot of times on this podcast, we say that before you know if something is working, you need to know what it's for. And I think you would have an interesting perspective on this. What would you say our homes are for? I think our homes are kind of our our safety net, our launching pad for whatever God's called you to do, whatever giftings that he's given you. Because whatever we do, we're supposed to be doing it for the glory of God and and to honor him. And um, so it's that that spot that you land and mm-hmm. you get to rest. And I, I think about my home on Sundays is it's rest. It's supposed to be um, mm-hmm. resting in the work of Jesus on the cross. And there's a, a different, there's an internal rest, not just a, you know, physical rest that happens on Sunday. Cause I always get my Sunday nap, but <laughs> amen uh, to that. Yeah. <laughs> you hear that mom? And she has four boys. So if she can do it. You can do it too. <laughs> Sunday naps are reserved for church and church and nap. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's good. That's good. And and when you're in the rental, did the boys um, feel like that was a big adventure, um, or did they hate it? Did, did I mean you knew it was temporary? I don't know that they hated it, or I I I, I don't remember their exact emotions about the house at the time. Um, I don't. I, there was a lot of stuff happening <laughs> when when you have young kids and you're just getting them into school and you know all of those things and. We we got lice like a, a month a month or two afterwards oh, because we had a bunch of did. clothes we had a bunch of clothes given to us and I honestly I was like I don't know what's been washed or what's not been washed what's been given to us and we were just you know we were trucking through and so wow I was like oh man <laughs> wow it's like the, it's the Egyptian it's like the- <laughs> when it rains it pours. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So there was a lot there was a lot happening that first um like month right after of yeah. you know just Christmas but I I will say oh, Christmas. Oh yeah, Christmas 3 weeks later. We didn't even talk about that. What? I so what happened? <laughs> so you were at your parents for a couple of weeks. That's Christmas holiday season. Did you already have all your We had so our family celebrates Christmas at Thanksgiving and so we had um our tree in our house and so all of that tree was just burned up and that we, you know, have a couple of ornaments that fell off that we saved, but, um, really we just started over and I don't remember at this time, like how many gifts I had or had prepared. Cause I'm, I'm a over prepare. Like this year I had all of everything bought and wrapped by December 1st. It's a problem. I have, I have, the, <laughs> no, no, but I, I, admire I, that. I actually like to enjoy December for what it is for mm-hmm. Advent. And so I yes. don't want to be caught up in, oh my gosh, should I get enough? Did I get mm. this for, you know, so-and-so? And there's new requests coming in sometimes late, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, late in the game. And and so I just liked, I want it to be about Jesus and really enjoying um, that season. And so I normally get things, you know, early. And and so I, at that like time, that. I, I yeah. really don't know. I don't know what we had bought or whatever, but um, our church family and Braden's work family when we, we went away for our anniversary, we decided we had planned our anniversary is December 17th. And so, you know, a couple of weeks in, we're like, should we go? And we ended up going, we went to Asheville and um, to the Biltmore and we had um, the whole way we were driving there. We were working on insurance stuff. And so we were <laughs> working on... Happy anniversary, that's honey. A whole, that's a whole nother... Um, <laughs> that's a whole nother time when we can talk yes. about what you have to deal with with insurance. But um, when we came back, they had 
that was the weekend that they were going to be moving a bunch of rental furniture and we didn't even know what anything was going to look like. It was just like, they were just going to move couches in there and a kitchen table. And yeah, we have they, kinda, we have. they said, we're going to put three beds in these three bedrooms and a, you know, a bedroom or a, a bed in your master bath, uh, bedroom. And so we just knew stuff showing up and we're like, they just said, we've got it. Our friend said, you got it. You guys go, we'll help get all they had the beds set up and made and they had groceries in our um, kitchen when we came back. They had three Christmas trees in our house (laughs) and uh, had it all decorated. And I get my big tree. I get it flocked. They had gotten a flocked tree for me and a decorate. I mean, it was, it was very sweet. I would have walked in and bawled my eyes (laughs) out. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's lovely. Wow, so they, they took, they took, lovely. yeah, I, when I tell you they took care of us, they really took care of us. <laughs> no disruption. Through that oh. At all. Yes, totally forgot about Christmas. Oh my goodness. Mm. Oh my goodness. So you said before that um, fire drills, you like you hadn't practiced anything like that. You hadn't no. done any emergency <laughs> exit plan or whatever. I, I thought about this a lot as a kid for some reason. I don't know if I yeah the just... stop drop and roll training at school every year like if you catch on fire do this like, it was a real big prominent it was thing in our childhood yeah like, were people catching on fire a lot? Uh, not that I knew of <laughs> I never got to use that <laughs> just never used that but I always had in my head if something happens I'm, I need to get these you know x y and z I need mm-hmm. to make sure and I always when I went to bed like would have them positioned that's like probably some weird OCD mm. thing in my head I don't know what that's about but um. We would play games. What would you save? Yeah. What would you save in a fire? And it was like the, you know, to get to your most precious items or whatever, if you could. Yeah. Well, and we would with our, um, not my childhood, but when David and I were parents, we would talk to the kids the same thing. Hey, what would you, what would you grab? And then just based on, we moved around quite a bit. So based on the house we were living in, we'd talk about like, okay, well, you could go out your second story window because the sunroom's right there. You just, just jump right onto the sunroom roof and we'll come down and get you and that kind of stuff. But we never really did an actual fire drill. No, we didn't either. Which when I did we some digging online, they just said, you know, consider doing that. Talk to your kids. What would you grab? Mm-hmm. Which way would you go out? To your point, Tiffany, you know, do your kids listen to you? What if they just said, ha ha ha, mom, it's a joke. I'm not coming when I'm called and ran away. Right. You know, I'm hiding under my bed and you can't find yeah, me for 30 minutes. That, that's yeah. a terrifying thought. And so just the practical obedience of yeah, everybody out when you're right now. Yes, mm-hmm. ma'am. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. Maybe I used a special voice. I don't know. But <laughs> I just yelled out of the house and they did it. Thank God. Yeah, so yeah. probably did. Wow. So now lessons learned in your new house. Do they know how to get out? Or do you not want to talk about it? <laughs> You know, we had a lot of interesting conversations because we were building the house again about, should we put gas in our house again? Mm. Um, Should we have a gas stove? Because our fireplaces were, um, they're wood burning, but they have a gas pipe to them. And um, And is that, that was where it had started? Was that where it started? That is where, yeah, the leak was. And so, you know, after this, all this investigation, they had found that our gas, there's, so gas gas is odorless. And so they put an odorant in it so that you can smell it. And it's that skunky yeah. smell, egg. um, eggs, raw, you know, and I had actually, I had known that gas smells like that, but I didn't really recognize it because it was maybe propane because natural gas smells different than propane. Um, I honestly just thought it was like a little dead, like mouse right, or something because I've mall. grown up with cats. We had cats yep. and it, to me, it smelled like that. Um, 
and it just kind of came and went. It wasn't very strong. So the odorant was less than half of what it should be in the tank. And so that was part of the problem was that it didn't alert us. You know, it should have been more than doubly strong Wow. um, of how much gas was coming in. And so... Anyway, I totally forgot our question no, now. You were, but, um, you were saying, so do, you were having questions like, did we put gas in or not? Oh, yes. And and we, we also had um, some other conversations about, should we get some sort of ladder for, mm-hmm. you know, our, there's a balcony off of our, our the front of our house. Should we get some sort of ladder that if they, they could get down that way if something were to happen? And we didn't ever get anything like that. And But there, there were conversations mm-hmm. whether or not we should do that again. I don't mm-hmm. know. But um Right. <laughs> wow. I mean, you hope, right? What are the odds? Yeah. We did We did decide to put gas back in our house um, because I thought, you know, I don't want to live in fear of it happening again. Like the Lord protected us through, but I also want to be wise mm-hmm. and make sure that we understand how all of this works too. And so we've the boys kind of understand what, what happens. And we have had another gas leak. It wasn't in the house, but it was a gas leak from the tank before it got into the house, we'd smelled something. And, you know, I take smells very seriously now. <laughs> right. <laughs> and yeah. it doesn't smell yeah. right. I'm like, everyone needs to get out of the house right now yeah. while I, you know, call the gas company. And anytime you call the gas company, if you say you smell something, they have to come out and check it. And, it, you know, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing just yeah. to make sure everything's safe. Because it is, it's it's a dangerous thing if they're, mm-hmm. if it's coming into your house. Yes. And, right. I've seen on the news that it sometimes doesn't start slow like that. Sometimes it's just a big explosion and that's, and the mm-hmm. whole thing's gone. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, your circumstances were very, very fortuitous that you were out of there. Wow. Just gives me chills to think about. Ugh. So, okay. So you're in your rental house and you rebuilt. Did it take another... How long was that? It took about a year, about 11 months before we were back in. That's a pretty good time. But, yeah. I, I'm I, rebuilding. Wow. Yes. Yeah. My, my aunt and uncle lost their house in a tornado in Mount Juliet this past couple of years ago, I guess. Yeah. It took them a really long time. I would say probably two years because that whole, well, the whole neighborhood was gone oh and everybody mm-hmm. needed mm-hmm. insurance mm-hmm. and rebuilding mm-hmm. and all that. So Ooh. it's a, it's a hassle. And, Definitely. And do you have any... Um, I don't want to get into like this to be an insurance seminar, but do you have any <laughs> like one, two, three tips? Take pictures of everything in your house. Okay. Take pictures of every room in your house. And normally um, now, it's, right now, fill oh, when it's right filled now. with stuff, right yeah, now. take a video. Yes. Because um, if anything were to happen, that would be so helpful because basically you have to list everything that you own, everything that you can remember that you own. And then you have to write a price out what what about what it cost and then what it would cost to replace it and so it's just a lot of spreadsheet work um trying to go room by room of all the things that you have while you're in the trauma of having to relocate <laughs> and figure out what your next move is and, and three boys insurance. at christmas and going to school and anniversary and yeah. how's yeah. your memory in that situation <laughs> mine would be totally gone yeah so yeah we said well, that in our important things um podcast is to definitely and i tell our of our young married couples too you think you don't have that much stuff. Take a video of open all your cabinets, all your drawers and take a little short video and have it with you because you have way more, way than more. You think mm-hmm. you do. Yes. Yes. Okay. That's great advice. Um, I, I didn't have any idea that this would happen, but we, we were 
involved in a lawsuit for three years, and I didn't really anticipate that. But when you sign your name on homeowners insurance, you're basically saying that the insurance company has the right to sue whoever in your name if it something happens to your house. And so they sued, you know, the gas oh. company. They sued the people that installed it because it wasn't installed exactly correctly, and they and and they sued the builder. Um, so. You know, and we liked their builder, so it was like, oh, you know, this is painful. Oh, it was like, oh, you know, right. you don't really want to do right. this, but it just, you know, and so we got to post twice and had lots of interviews and lots of things happen. You know, they you do stuff together, you do stuff separate, and don't talk to so and so, but don't talk to your husband about this because you have different recollections of what happens, mm-hmm. and you know, you've probably heard this several times when an accident happens you're at different angles and you get different information from the police officers and and so you know the way i remember things because it, you're in a traumatic situation so his, yeah. his memories of what happened are different than mine and so they just say just don't talk about it i'm like <laughs> what okay <laughs> so how about that the doesn't bears? really seem possible no how do you, how do you well, and, talk I, about and the most- also our lawyer came crazy. in too at one point and he he would ask me some questions and I didn't even realize I was doing this but I guess I have a little laugh after I say certain things and he's like you're gonna have to stop doing that because it sounds like and it, it really is it's actually a coping mechanism mm-hmm. for trauma people do it all the time and so I didn't know anything about it but he would ask his questions and I would be kind of like <laughs> and he's like <laughs> he would give me the side eye like you know, it sounds like you're not serious about what you just said. And I'm like, well, I, I was, uh, Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you just start analyzing everything you're doing. And, and he had us, he said, you know, my husband doesn't have any social media, but he's like, I had a blog at the time and some, I was on Facebook and he said, you're going to need to get off of that mm-hmm. because there's going to be, um, you know, an investigation, there's going to be a lawsuit, there's going to be people looking into you and trying to you know, say that you're, you're not a responsible homeowner and they're going to try to pick your life apart. And so I, I went on social media for three years. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Plug for that. (laughs) Involuntary fast. We're here for that. There we go. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Things you don't think about I would definitely not would have not thought about. No, no. So, so did we ask you this already? I know the answer. So I wasn't sure if we've asked, did you build the same house? (laughs) We did. We built the same house because we had just worked on our, we still loved our house. We just, you know, worked on our plans and um, we changed a few things, but not anything to the layout. It was put right back where Mm -hmm. it was and (laughs) yeah, mostly everything the same. And most of our friends that came in um, the the second time around, they're like, it looks the same. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Same paint and everything too? We, there were a few things we had to change. I don't know that we changed any paint colors. I think, oh, yeah, we did. We changed, like, a couple of paint colors. But tile, like, that we had just gotten within the year, you know, it was discontinued. And we're oh. like, okay, well, we're going to have to pick something new. But most of it was just so easy because it was like, oh, we're going to get this, this, and this. Yeah. And we'd yeah. already gone through all the work Great. of picking so all everything out. decision overload <laughs> yeah, was kind of taken off the table. It was. It was yeah. taken off the table. Not as hard. That's good. Oh, that's good. Oh, what, what would you say that your hardest loss was, do you think, from this whole situation? A feeling, an item. I think at the very beginning, I the the feeling I had was I didn't feel safe, and even being at our parents' house, it was very it was an odd feeling. I'd never felt that before, and and I but I also grew up in a very stable, safe, secure household, mm. and so I'm sure that there's people that 
have not grown up in safe environments. And so they're probably comfortable, you know, or have already been around that sure. kind of feeling. But I remember thinking, if I'm not safe in my own home, where am I safe? This is, mm. it was a very strange feeling. And even being at my parents' house, because my parents had gas fireplaces. And I was thinking, we didn't sleep the first couple of nights. And I, I think that also was probably adrenaline. Mm. Um, but it it was, and you're, you're replaying everything. You're in your mind of how everything happened and you're trying to process. And at that time, we didn't even know what had caused it. We didn't know. I mean, the, the, the investigation hadn't gone on. And so we're like, our house burned down. That's what we know. We don't really know. And I think my husband would say his feeling was more, he had a helpless feeling of like, mm-hmm. there's nothing I can do to stop this. There's nothing I can do to change what happened or redo how whatever just happened. And so I didn't feel the same that he did in the, in the process, but I, I remember I was mostly in shock. (laughs) Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what the hardest thing, um, what about your wedding stuff? Did you have your wedding ring on? I did. We had, um, a wedding album, um, that the, and honestly, again, this is just the Lord, but like three weeks later after the insurance had done all of, you know, they'd gone in the house and taken thousands of thousands of pictures of everything in every room. Um, they said, you know, and our, the roof was completely gone on the second floor and it was, our wedding album was up there and they found it and they, it wasn't wet. I, I don't, there's just no way there's just, this is only the Lord. And they said, Hey, we found this while we were on our um, anniversary. They sent us a picture and they said, Hey, we found this. Do you want this? We're like, of course you want Do that. you want this? Uh, <laughs> you think? Uh, yeah. I found this. And so um, wow. I did lose a, a beautiful scrapbook that my mom um, had made for kind of our journey when we got, when we started dating and got engaged and married. And so we've kind of picked up some of those pieces and trying to figure out, you know, maybe down the road we could recreate it. But mm-hmm. um, because the fire was not a localized fire that spread to other rooms, it was like this room went up and then this room went up and it just was very strange. Um, one of our little attic spaces that we had um, suitcases and just random, just random things in, I had some boxes of love letters and things like that. And they like, there's a box of our stuff that was just untouched. Everything else in that room was either melted or burnt or had, you know, water damage, just all kinds of weird things. Um, there was one box that it was wet. And so I have a picture of me. I've like laid out all of the things to, for them to dry at our rental house. But I mean, it's just only the Lord that, that yeah. does things like that. Wow. So special. He cares. I didn't, I never cry. So, well done. You gave me my Oprah moment. <laughs> so, thank you so much, Tiffany. This is this was hard to talk about. I could see it. Mm. Appreciate it. I think it's going to bless a lot of moms. Thank you for sharing. Well, thank you for having me. I, I've always said when people ask me about the fire, I want to be open and share what God has done because it's so overwhelmingly God has walked us through it and helped us through it, you know, through the body of Christ. And so I always want to make sure to give him honor about that story because it really is his story. So I love that. He does bring us through the fire, doesn't he? Yes. It's worth just ending with Mm. um, this parable from Jesus. I'll just do a little, read a few verses here from Matthew seven. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. 
And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And then the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. And Marshall Siegel says again, I love this, if you have been living on sand, start pouring God's word into your foundation underneath you and your family. Because as strong and secure as most modern homes may seem, many of them are quietly crumbling from the inside out because we've neglected those words about Jesus from the scripture. And we subtly or overtly, all of us build our homes for comfort, privacy, entertainment, all those good things and safety. And we forget whose house it really is without making room for God himself to speak. And then when the rains of various trials fall or the floods or crises come, that once strong house suddenly falls apart. So in your family's case, that sure was not the case. It didn't happen. Yeah. Not only do you have, like your husband said, that beautiful moment at the end of the driveway where he's like, we're good. We are okay. Um, That's your home. That was it Mm -hmm. in a Mm -hmm. nutshell. And that can go anywhere. And it can look like anything, but as long as you guys have that and God under your foundation, you're good. I think one of the, sorry, I know you're trying to conclude. (laughs) One thing that I would say is that I learned from this is to expect suffering and not that you need to, you know, in a, in a fearful way, think about, oh my goodness, what if this happened or this happened and live in kind of, and then turn into some sort of anxiousness about that. But, um, I learned that there's going to be another something that happens in the future and not to be fearful about that, but to remember that Jesus is tell, tells us to expect suffering and trials are going to come. And, um, again, if you haven't built your house on a firm foundation, that would be a terrifying thought mm-hmm. to think about. Cause you know, suffering is going to happen where nobody is escapes that. Mm-hmm. But if you're continuing to build your life on the everlasting rock, then you're going to be okay through it all. So, yeah. Tim Keller just passed away and we lost a great man of God once said, and it's just kind of stuck with me that when we are surprised by suffering, we um, suffer twice because (laughs) it makes it so much harder. Mm -hmm. So you're right. It's not a gloom and doom. It's just a fact of this this fallen world. Mm -hmm. And, and God even turns that into this beautiful opportunity. As you said, you felt the closeness of Jesus in so many ways. Oh yes. And you would never take it back. Mm -hmm. Wow. I love that. What a great story. Mm. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Sharing that brave. It's been an honor. Yeah. That brave telling. All right. So we're going to have, as usual, all of, um, like a transcript of this Mm -hmm. on our website at justaskyourmom.com. Take five seconds to rate and review the podcast if you would on whatever platform you listen to us and share it with your friends. And send us your topic suggestions to justaskyourmompodcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. And we'll see you next time on... Just Just ask ask your mom. mom.